Welcome to Astrology Bites. This is your host, Teresa Reed. If you're curious about astrology, you are definitely in the right place. With each episode of Astrology Bites, you get a bite-sized astrology lesson that's 15 minutes or less. It's super short and sweet. My goal is to make astrology feel simple, clear, fun, and totally applicable to your everyday life. So let's get into today's, into today's episode. And today, I'm bringing on a special guest. And the special guest um, is somebody that I've been admiring for quite some time. Her name is Dana Lynn Knuckles, and she's also known as the People's Oracle. Now, Dana says that she provides divination for liberation, and she uses oracles with integrity in service to the spiritual and political resistance of our time. Now, on Twitter, you can find her at the People's Oracle, and she's known on there for her really incisive and relevant social commentary. And I got to tell you, that is the thing that got me drawn into uh, Dana's work. Now, you can find Dana at thepeoplesoracle.com. So, without further ado, welcome, Dana. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Teresa. I'm very excited. Well, I'm excited to have you here, and I, I got to say, I've been such a fan of yours because I, I love your work. I've been following you on Twitter for some time, and I'm always impressed with your crazy accuracy. So, uh, yeah, I love watching your work. Thank you. You know, and I have to say this, um, when I started studying tarot about seven or eight years ago, your website was one of the websites that I would frequent as I was getting acquainted with the cards. So it's lovely how this has all come full circle. Absolutely. And, you know, I want to talk about your journey into astrology um, so that people get a little bit of an idea about your background before I ask the big questions today. How did you get started? So I think I was one of those people who, all, who was always drawn to what is called the occult just basically things that you can't see and how they come about or the, un, uh, uh, the I guess, the what am I trying to say, the uh, motivations, the hidden motivations behind people and things. I remember wondering if my cat was seeing ghosts and whether my dead grandmother was visiting me. And for me, that naturally led into an interest in astrology. And I think when I was in college was when I really started to try to figure out what this thing was, but it wasn't until around 2007 that I discovered the depth and complexity of astrology. And from that moment on, I went into obsession mode. And ever since then, it's just this thing that I cannot stop studying. And that really defines how I see myself as an astrologer. Yeah, on Twitter, I make predictions and I read for clients. But for me, it's so much about the study and how I can mm -hmm. understand this science inside and out. I love that. And, you know, I'm a really curious type of person, too. And, you know, I've been reading tarot and studying astrology for you know, like 35 years, and I, I still learn new things. I never get sick of it. I'm always Absolutely. curious, right? Yes, absolutely. That's what I love about astrology because many other topics you can kind of exhaust uh, the depths that you're, you're that they're the capacity to go for many different topics. But with astrology, um, I think that being such an old science, we're still discovering what uh, its roots are and how we can apply it to our lives. So it's just this endless source of wisdom and knowledge. I love it so much. <laughs> 
Yeah, and you know, there there's so many people have so many different takes on it, too. So oftentimes, like, you'll see something like Saturn and Capricorn, and one person's got this, this one take on it, and someone else has got a different thing to say about it. And I love reading all those different perspectives, because a lot of times I'll look and I'll be like, oh, yeah, huh, I never thought about that. So I, I love following different astrologers. Oh, absolutely. I follow a bunch of different astrologers, too, so... Um... It's really interesting because I'm also into Chinese astrology uh, and the study of that has kind of supercharged my study of Western astrology. Go figure. Right. That's very interesting to me. And, and that brings me to the, the, the big reason why I wanted to bring you on here. Uh, there are so many different types of astrology systems. And I think oftentimes that people get really confused. So I thought you might be the perfect person to explain the difference between some of the different types of astrology. I noticed, for example, you use sidereal astrology, uh, and I use the tropical, and I think a lot of people might not even know there are all these different systems. So could you explain to the audience some of the different types of astrology? So astrology is truly a reflection of the culture in which it grew from. So the roots of astrology, like So much of modern culture comes from Sumeria and Mesopotamia and Babylon. Um, But astrology really took off as a horoscopic art, meaning actually casting charts and reading those for people, places, and things during what we call the Hellenistic era. And that was, you know, around 100, 200 uh, common era through about 800. So that first 1,000 years, really, um, of the common era. And at that time, astrology was being spread everywhere. It was being spread to the east, being spread to the west, and there was this commingling of traditions. And so when astrology got to the east, it landed in India. And you can see in Indian astrology um, some of the same techniques and themes that were found in Hellenistic or what we would call Western astrology. But there was a divergence. And part of that has to do with uh, Christianity and Islam eventually all outlawing astrology. And so there was a big break in tradition. Now, in India, there was no break in the tradition. And so you can see some of the same astrology that they've been studying there for thousands of years still being practiced. And there, the majority of astrologers use the sidereal zodiac. So when we talk about the zodiac, what we're really talking about is how do we measure time? How do we measure where the zodiac ends and begins? And for sidereal, cider means star. So the sidereal zodiac is star-based. But for tropical astrology, this is based on the tropics. And these are basically the northernmost and southernmost declination of the sun, which marks the change in seasons. So so as far as the zodiacs that differ uh, in the two systems, it's sidereal and it's star-based, and then tropical is tropics-based or season-based astrology. Does that make sense? That makes absolute total sense to me. Awesome. So, yeah, I think that's a really great uh, explanation that people are going to understand. You know, so I have to ask you, um, why did you choose sidereal versus tropical? So in about 2014, I had just had my son and life circumstances just really changed and I stopped practicing astrology professionally. But of course, I didn't stop studying astrology. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I started to get my hands on a lot of traditional texts. I'm talking about texts from the Renaissance and medieval era, 
texts from the Hellenistic era, and even some like, oh, I want to say 18th or 19th century texts when astrology was first coming back into the cultural vernacular of Western culture. And the more that I learned those techniques and the more that I came to understand the very logical and consistent conceptual basis for astrology, the more there grew this dissonance and disconnect between um, what I knew and what I was learning. And I knew something was off. Something was just not right. And I just really started to experiment with changing around birth times, like maybe people's birth times aren't right. These techniques aren't really working well. Mm -hmm. But eventually what I ended up doing was switching to sidereal. And truly, it was a spotlight that came on and made everything make sense. It was one of those things where I knew what astrology was capable of, but the astrology that I knew was not doing that thing that I knew it was capable of, like making really precise predictions Mm-hmm. Um, down to the day, um, very consistent and logical uh, in the way that certain planets and signs and houses present themselves. So ever since then, I've been stuck on the sidereal astrology, and it's been really interesting because most of the resources that use sidereal astrology are either Vedic or modern, and neither one of those are ones that I use. So it's really fascinating to really be making these discoveries and developing this system without really any precedent in modern culture. It's really strange. (laughs) Yeah, but so fascinating. And I'm really fascinated that you're into the Chinese astrology too because, you know, so many times when people think of Chinese astrology, they think of, you know, those things that you see on the menu at a restaurant where it's like, you're the dog, right? And they don't realize that it's actually a really complex system. Do you want to speak for a moment on that? Absolutely. So as I was saying before, the astrology that's practiced in any particular time and place is really an outgrowth of the culture. And Chinese uh, culture is homogenous, meaning that they weren't imperialists who were going really far away, taking over other countries, and no one ever took over China, really. So they have this uh, history and lineage very similar to India, where this same line of knowledge and wisdom stands unbroken for centuries and centuries. And so with Chinese astrology, you really get this unbroken lineage that reflects very accurately their conceptions of fate, Mm -hmm. right? This idea that there is heaven, there is earth, and there is man, and heaven is superior, and heaven represents astrology. Um, Earth represents feng shui, and that's the location-based or Um, where you live or where you bury your dead relatives or how your land is situated. And then man is the final lesson. That's really what you do with your earth and your heaven luck. How do you deal with what's been given to you? And so one of the primary differences between Western astrology and Chinese astrology is how the signs are used. A lot of times in Western astrology, signs are really boiled down to personality traits or characteristics. But in Chinese astrology, there's something that's hidden in the signs. And what's hidden in the signs are elements. And the elements really tell you everything you need to know about Chinese astrology. And what's so fascinating is that those same five elements and how they interact with each other is the same conceptual basis that undergirds feng shui and that undergirds traditional Chinese medicine. So there's really this holistic thing where their astrology fits into the culture. So when you see a Chinese animal sign saying you're born in the year of the rat, know that not only is there an animal for your year, there's an animal for your month, 
there's an animal for your day, and there's an animal for your hour. So this is not just this one simple one animal thing, and based on this animal, that animal may or may not really be important to your chart, depending on how the elements interact. And then the most important part of your chart is actually the element that rules on the day that you were born, and that's called your day master. But you can really see how different conceptually these two systems are, where one is very much centered around what are you going to do with the luck or lack of luck that you've been given? How are you going to make the best use of the place and the environment within which you were born? Whereas Western astrology uh, tends to be very psychological-based and very much based on personality traits and kind of sewn into narratives about the law of attraction or other new age dogma that seems to be really prevalent, even though it has no uh, place in the roots of astrology. Um, but for me, learning and understanding about Chinese conceptions of fate and understanding that system has actually really helped uh, my way of understanding Western astrology and its roots, because the roots are actually not that different with regard to how they understand fate and the different kinds of fate. Um, but that would be really how you can understand the difference between Chinese astrology and Western astrology. Awesome. That's so clear. That really helps a lot. So the, in your opinion, do you think astrologers should learn every system or just stick with one that they like? You know, I think that it is beneficial to understand um, the culture from which your clients come from. So if you're an astrologer who is reading for people in other countries, which most astrologers do, you know, they're not mm -hmm. just reading for American clients. I think it's really important to understand the culture. And what I mean by that is that if I'm reading for someone who comes up in China, the idea that they would marry someone who was not approved of by their family or had some tie to their family um, is very foreign, whereas in America, that's just accepted. But understanding their concepts of choice and fate, I think, are very important to how you speak to your client. Um, additionally, I think that people should follow their curiosity. I think it's always beneficial to step outside of your cultural framework and your philosophy um, and to connect and learn something different because that gives you more experience and really more of a vernacular to draw on when you're speaking from clients so that you can understand that the possibilities for how things play out are not just limited to how you were raised or how your culture experiences things. So I think it's very beneficial. I'm not the one that says what people should do, just like right. I was saying, look at people <laughs> should use the sidereal zodiac. I mean, it works really well, and I, people really can't debate with the clarity and consistency of it, but that doesn't mean they should switch to it. If they know how to use tropical really well, then it would probably be a disservice to switch. Do you know what I mean? You right. You have to go with what you know and what really works for you well. That makes total sense. Okay, I've got one last question. And sure. So what do you say to people who dip into the sidereal astrology versus the Western thing, and they discover that they are a different sign, and they are like, no way. You know, for example, I identify so strongly as a Gemini, and I know in sidereal astrology it shows that I'm a Taurus, which, you know, I balk at that, which, you know, I'm like, no way, which probably sounds pretty much like a Taurus. What do you think about it? What do you say about that? 
Well, to you personally, I would definitely say the pictures and things I hear about you cooking, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> and that has pores written all over it. But the, the number one thing, there's, there's maybe two or three things that I would say. Number one, your sun sign is the least important planet in your chart. Mm. And I know that goes up against everything that everyone says. But the reason why is purely logical. People born within the same 30-day period of you have the same sun sign. However, people born in the same two-and-a-half-day period as you have the same moon sign, right? Mm -hmm. And people born in the same two- to two-and-a-half-hour period of you have the same rising sign. So you see if we do like a hierarchy of what is the quickest, quickest changing, most unique part of the chart, the sun would not be first. Mm -hmm. It would actually be your rising sign and then your moon. Number mm. two, the number two thing that I would say is, that the signs, the way that most people understand the signs is based on personal experience with the signs, uh, based on their own identifying with the signs, is generally not based on a strong conceptual basis of the signs, okay? So people will say things like, well, cancers are moody and I'm not moody. Or people will say things like, Leo is so dramatic and uh, I'm not dramatic. But the fact of the matter is no one ever goes out and looks at the sun, which rules Leo and says, wow, the sun is so beautiful today. But every single day people go out when the moon is full and say, wow, mm -hmm. the moon is so beautiful. So which is the planet that would really rule attention seeking or this sense of needing to have their appearance admired, right? Just based mm -hmm. off of some basic associations. And then the third thing that I would say, and this is in general, most people do not know as much about astrology as they think they do. If people are coming to astrology expecting to have their entire life confirmed by their sun sign, then they have a lot more studying to do, which has nothing to do with the zodiac. Um, I think it's important to understand the hierarchies in astrology, and this is what Sidereal has really helped me with. It's helped me to understand that, wait a minute, these signs are really not the end. Mm -hmm. The end is actually the planet. Right. So when we talk about, for example, a person being a, uh, let's say, a Libra, this is really about Venus and Venus rules things and significant women and their need for reconciliation. Right. All of these Venus rule things rather than the sign itself. So those are the three things that I would really say is really try to come to understand the conceptual basis and the why for things. Don't just stop at your personal experience or stop at um, the anecdotes or stereotypes that you've understood of signs because there's so, so, so much more there if you look for it. That is brilliant advice. And Dana, I want to thank you so much for spending some time with me today and helping to distill all of this for my listeners. So thank you. My pleasure. I appreciate you having me and I really look forward to connecting with you further. Absolutely. So uh, for everybody who is listening, you can learn more about Dana and purchase a reading with her at thepeoplesoracle.com. And if you're on Twitter, I really highly suggest that you follow her. Uh, her handle is People's Oracle because the stuff that she puts on there gets my attention constantly. Her political stuff is just totally on point. So that's a wrap. And, you know, if you're enjoying the show, please leave a positive review on iTunes because that's the best way to help new listeners discover the show. 
And I want to thank you so much. And as a reminder, for more fun stuff, you can have, hand over to my website, thetarolady.com. You'll find tons of resources about tarot, astrology, you know, and free monthly horoscopes, and lots more. Again, that's thetarolady.com. I'll see you there. And remember, no matter what's going on in the cosmos today, ultimately, you are in charge of your life. You're in the driver's seat. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change the course. You're the boss. You've got that power. Be kind to yourself and others and make smart decisions. And I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.